All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've, I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media yeah. of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. Okay, Brian, uh, let's continue to dive into this game and and look at some different angles of this. You asked me this question uh, on the radio earlier. Uh, you, you asked me, who am I more concerned about, uh, yeah. Nick Bosa or Christian McCaffrey? And for me, it was Christian McCaffrey. I just think that he can deflate this, this team in a number of different ways. Uh, he can hurt them in a number of different ways and impact it on a, a stronger snap-to-snap basis. So now that we're here on the podcast, I'm going to turn the question around to you. Brian, who are you more concerned about, Christian McCaffrey or, or Nick Bosa? Did, but you, you're going to stick with your answer, though? You're gonna stick yes, with I'm sticking answer. with Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it's McCaffrey, too. I really, really do. I think the things that he could do, um, you know, he's such a weapon uh, in the backfield. Uh, with, you know, like a hand it to him, toss it to him, throw it to him, move him out wide. I mean, David Shaw, the the co- his coach at Stanford, will tell you, when he came out of the draft, it, like, David Shaw was saying it's one of the best receivers in the draft. And you're like, but coach, he plays running back. Now I'm just telling you, he's one of the best receivers in the draft. You know, he's that kind of a player. So his dad, dad was, was a pretty good receiver. Dad was really good. Dad was a really, really good player. So uh yeah, uh, mom was a very talented soccer player too at Stanford. So I mean, he's got some got some really good genes in his family that way. But yeah, I, I think with with Nick Bosa, uh can they find a way to block him one-on-one? Are they going to be able to chip him? I mean, the last time they played a Bosa was in week two uh, last year, I think, when the, the Chargers and the Cowboys uh, were involved. At, you know, Bosa was uh, – he's. One they play, the, I mean, they played Nick in the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah, but but uh, but yeah, but okay. But yeah, but that could say, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. They played Nick yeah. last year. But, but another Bosa, his brother, and I just going back to it was the first start for um, – it was the first start for Terrence Steele, and we were all mm-hmm. kind of worried about Terrence Steele getting eaten alive out there. But it was him one on one. It was some chip blocks. It was tight ends. They play in that wide nine alignment. You know, you get the guy way, way, way to the outside there, and then you know, and so the further you can remove him from the ball, the better chance you have of getting the ball out before he gets home. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move him by alignment. Get him to by you know make him have to play a little bit wider and then rush the passer, but uh, yeah, they, they, his brother, like I could say, they chipped him, they double teamed him, they single blocked him. I could see the same thing happening, but man, I just keep thinking about you know th- keep thinking about what uh, McCaffrey can do and and 
he, he could he could take it the house from anywhere on the field. That's that's how capable a player he is. You mentioned uh, they're chipping with the tight ends, uh, and and this is more kind of a, a generalized question, I guess. You know, we we gave a lot of praise, rightfully so, still uh, early on to to this tight end group, like how they played in in the passing game. Uh, you know, when they would stay in and block in pass protection, when they would block on runs. I, th- I think we both uh, talked about Dalton Schultz, I think, has become a pretty good run blocker, to be honest, especially compared to where he had been in the past. Um, but do you feel like overall the tight ends group maybe over the last few weeks of the season was not blocking up to the standard they had set earlier in the year? I think there was some I think there was some issues there. I, I don't think they were as clean with Tyron Smith being there. I think there was some really good um, understanding of how, and I think Zach Martin dealt with the same thing. Like when you get used to playing next to a guy and his, his steps, hand placement, head placement, body position, all these things, I think Martin understood who was where. You know, and he understood how Steele's mannerisms were and how he played. I think last week was the first time that we'd seen Tyron Smith have the type of game where there was a little bit better fit and a little bit better understanding of where he needed to be. Now, saying that, he's also got tight ends on the other side, you know, that are getting used to how he blocks and stuff like that. So the scoop blocks, the reach blocks, the blocks – they crack toss, you know, those are things I think that, you know, that was going to take a little time. I think it took a little bit longer than we even thought with Tyron Smith over there. But, uh, you know, the game, this game could very well hinge on some other things. I, I know the two things I talked about earlier, but with uh, Bill Vinovich is the official and it's an all-star crew. I have a feeling that Bill Vinovich is going to tell his crew, listen, if it's a flag, or you see it, throw it. If you don't see it, don't throw it. You know, kind of a thing. So I think Bill Vinovich is going to let this crew of these teams play a little bit. That probably that probably is an advantage to the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys are going to have to hold the Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the San Francisco offensive linemen or offensive defensive linemen more this game than maybe vice versa. And so that, I think, kind of plays in the Cowboys' favor if the officials let them, in fact, let the players decide this game. And that includes the tight ends because some of the holding calls we've been getting to see are from, like, Dalton Schultz and things like that. How are you trying to attack Brock Purdy in this game? Uh, What's the approach here to rattle him? Because – no. Nobody's really been able to do it yet. He, he's been incredibly poised. Um, you know, the, the, the Shanahan system uh, really just asks for good decision-making, minimizing mistakes. Um, you know, you, you talk about the yards after catch. The fact that he's he's got an insane yards per attempt, but his intended air yards is actually 0.1 below what Jimmy Garoppolo was. So, so it's about ball placement it's about accuracy it's about you know not turning the ball over and he's done those things so how do they disrupt that yeah you know the ball is probably going to come out quick because of all the underneath stuff the crossing routes and things like that if they get in bunch formations 
and they get real tight to the tackles, I'm thinking about bringing slot blitzes. I'm thinking about bringing blitzes of that he might not. Now, they're going to set protection off where Micah Parsons is. Yeah, I'm. I might consider putting Micah Parsons and Tank on the same side of the field, you know, and then trying to kind of see if you could get something home from that. I'm also thinking about that whether it's Curse, whether it's Wilson, whether it's Bland. I'm thinking about slot blitzing, not from depth or from width, but if it's tight formation stuff, and you can quickly get there and hit him. You know, you've got to get there before he gets the ball out. So if you can get some shots from the backside there, hit him a couple of times, make him have to think, okay, if I'm looking at this defense, okay, I know where Micah Parsons is. Okay, I see Tank, but I'm okay, I know I'm taking care of. Well, let's, but he doesn't know what's happening on the backside. I think I think you're gonna have to find some way to get some of these secondary blitzes home. Is Donovan Wilson the best blitzer in the secondary? I would say he's got the best chance for the feel of how to get home. Yes, I, I would say that. Him, um, I'm interested in Bland. I think Bland's kind of, but I think that I think that Donovan Wilson is one of those where he's a see ball hit ball guy. Yeah. And so if he sees ball in quarterback's hands, he's gonna, you know, you need to, you need to uh you need to give good shots in the pocket there if you can if you can get those up. That'll be really, really key in this game. You know, when we talk about the, those secondary blitzes, too, obviously there's nothing you can do about it. But is this a game like with that kind of an approach where you really miss Jordan Lewis? Like just yeah, in- yeah Jordan physically, and he was a yeah. really good blitzer. And Orlando Scandrick was really good too. You know, sometimes you can if you can cover, you know, if you can cover up for the blitzer because that ball's probably going to come to the hot side wherever that blitzer's coming from. But if you do it from the back side and you can kind of you know get some shots there. Uh, it, it might serve you well as uh, as you get going in this game. Has there been enough attention paid? Do you think in the in, during the discourse? Because obviously there's been a lot of Brock Purdy. There's a lot of been, been a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we all know Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I feel like there's been a, a kind of stunning lack of discussion about Ayuk. Oh God, yeah. I, I, you're not. Are you a fan? Or, uh, yeah, I love him. I, I, I think I think I think Ayuk is a guy that could. I feel like Cowboys fans may arrive on Sunday and just be like, man, I didn't hear much about this guy during the week. No. You're torching yeah. us. So, uh, I mean, since you're an IU fan as well, uh, just give us a quick breakdown of how difficult he is. What, what do you see from IU when you watch him play? I, I think IU has, I think IU has completely leveled up this year. Like, yeah. like I think he's, I think he's become a different year. Last year I saw that there were some issues like catching the ball in, Contested areas. I remember that was an issue for him. He had taste yeah. drops. I think he's a tougher uh, catcher this year. I think he attacks the ball better. Um, but I, I really like Ayuk, and I think that he's just as terrifying. I think to me as you know anybody else on this offense. He he yeah. can definitely take advantage of some things in the Cowboys secondary. As much as you love Kittle and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, I, I think Ayuk is. I think he's going to be a nightmare to have to deal with. Because especially when they get around in the red zone, this guy he gets lost in traffic. Uh, he he finds space. He can make those he can make those Michael Gallup kind of toe dragging catches. You know he's he's super reliable. You're right. Last year I think he had a little bit more problems catching the ball, but man, this you 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 get you have to know 
where that number 11 is at, is at all times. Yeah, he's just, especially with the, the questions in the secondary, I feel like you're obviously going to try and funnel a lot of attention to digs and things like that. And it, it, it could just be easy to, I'm not for the Cowboys, but I think it's easy for others to maybe forget like, hey, Ayuk's pretty good. He's um, real good. He's real good. I, mean, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take him over Michael Gallup. I'd, I'd rather have him here, to be honest. Uh, and so, I, I mean, that's the type of player that he is. Uh, what's the offensive approach? This is this is a game where Dak's going to have to win it, right? Like, th- this feels like similar to Tampa last week. The game plan here is going to be you're going to have to win the game with the passing attack. Yeah, I think, that you know, I, I, to me, the running will come from Dak's scrambles. That could, you know, uh, because this is a, and talking to some coaches around the league that have played the 49ers, they don't, their pass rush is not an organized one. And when I mean organized, it's always not discipline when it's going up the field. So if you get guys in it, and the Cowboys had the same issue that you get guys going up the field and all of a sudden the quarterback sees an alley and takes off running, then it could be a little bit of a problem there. They've got linebackers that can really, really tackle though. You know, I mean, do you, I mean, you know, but you got to find a way that if all of a sudden, see the 49ers from all these coaches, again, talking to, they don't want to play man coverage. They don't want to play man coverage. They want to keep everything in front of them and just tackle. But, you know, if somehow, some way you drop back, there's a rush, there's a lane and Dak takes it. Dak can't hesitate running the ball. If you see a lane, go for it. You know, six, seven yards, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. You know, the crack toss stuff, the things like that, the running game, those are all going to be really good plays. But Dak running the ball himself, we've seen when Dak gets, and I talk about it a lot, when he gets muddied, bloodied, and he's got a big clump of grass in the side of his face mask, that's yeah. what the that's the best version of Dak Prescott. That's when you know that Dak is getting a feel of the game. And I I feel like that that's what's going to have to happen in this game. You block this front, you frustrate this front, you protect the front, and now you're going to make them have to blitz. When they blitz, that means they play man coverage. They don't want to play man coverage with this defense, not with the personnel that they have. Is that when you knew the game was over uh, last Monday? Yeah. When Dak had the shoulder pad come out and he yeah. had the, the grass and yeah. he played the entire snap with his pad out. You're like, oh, this is, they, they got this in the bag. When he, yeah, when he had side, – side of his body was grass stained and and part of his, you know, pants and all that from sliding and diving. And, you know, that's that's kind of – that's what you need to see with Dak. You know, you know the, some quarterbacks, when they got grass stains all over, it's a bad thing. With Dak, it's kind of a good thing. It kind of brings out this – it's like David Banner, the Hulk. You know, when all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. he gets – he gets frustrated. Bruce and Banner, David David oh. Banner's the the uh, the musician. <laughs> okay, Bruce Banner, <laughs> David David Banner. But I was thinking of Banner, Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. But you're good. You're good. I I, I got it. I just knew yeah. there were some people laughing back home who were thinking of David Banner and Dak Prescott because David is David Banner really is he a performer? Uh, yeah, yeah. He is. For, for, for who? who is he I, I I I don't think that you would uh, listen. Oh, is to, that that is that he's there was a rapper? An actor. Oh, there was an actor. There was an actor named. David, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Banner's a rapper. I don't think you've listened to David Banner, but I you probably heard him. he was in there somewhere. So, Brian, uh, one last quick question before I get picks here: uh, Is there is Dalton Schultz just as important in this game as yeah. CD? Yeah, yeah. Because the idea of the Cowboys is if you can get 
if you can kind of attack them in the zone coverage stuff, then they have to play the man coverage stuff. When they play the man coverage stuff, you know, who will be on Schultz? Will it be one of the linebackers? Will it be Gibson, one of the safeties? Or will it be Hafunga? You know, and the thing I know about Hafunga, if you watch him play against the Raiders, they matched up Waller on him a couple of times and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. So if when you get those matchups that you know that you can take advantage of, you have to you have to complete those passes. If you're Dak, you can't miss that ball when they're matched up with guys. So yeah, absolutely. Out of the slot, you know, uh, Jimmy Ward on Lamb, you got to take advantage of that too if you can. So there, there's some spots where you can clearly clearly do some good against the secondary. Do you think they're going to bracket him? Uh, Schultz? Lamb, not Schultz, Lamb. I think the guy that they might take uh, – because I asked one of these coaches. I Because Lamb, Lamb did tell us after Tampa he, he expected to be bracketed by Tampa, and he was. Yeah. And then said that he saw a bunch of that. So do you think – because Tampa did a decent job, you know, removing Lamb from the passing game, but Dak shredded them everywhere else. So do you think San Francisco could approach it the same way? Just say, let's take him out this way? Yeah, you know, you would feel like that maybe Tampa's a little bit better in coverage than what San Francisco is. I, I, I could say I might be totally wrong about this. I'm just talking to these coaches that that played against the the Niners yeah. and like who to attack. You know, that to a to a man. I mean, I talked to three different coaches, and it was every one of them was like, listen, you block them, you can complete passes against them, you know. And we saw that we saw that with Tampa, you know, you block Tampa, that completed passes. So same thing could happen uh, with the 49ers. Uh, it's it's going to be the if it happens, you're going to see some some success, uh, you know. And hopefully, Dak doesn't throw the the interceptions that we've seen before. Uh, I uh, for picks for this game before we go to the mailbag. I think uh, I think the Cowboys can absolutely win this game against the 49ers. I do think the 49ers are a better overall football team. There, there's just, there's not when you watch them, there's not a lot of glaring weaknesses. They really don't have an area where it's like, man, this is a bad part of their team. They're very good. Um, Dallas, I think can can compete with them and and absolutely win this game. But I am going to take San Francisco on this one, just you know, with the benefits of the rest being at home. Everything else involved. So I've got the 49ers 27 to 24. But if they beat the 49ers, I think the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl because I think they'll beat the Giants or the Eagles the next week. Uh, Brian, what's your pick? Yeah, I kind of feel like that there it's I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring game. Um, I think both de- defenses, you know, they both have great pass rushes. Uh, but, you know, you got offensive lines that could be up to the task. You got skilled playmakers. You know, who, who this this game could be a Tony Pollard is better than Christian McCaffrey game. You know, you just I mean, it, it's it's there's some really good matchups across the board. I have Dallas winning this football game, thirty one twenty eight, and I'm going to tell you this: I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a Brett Maher field goal that's going Let's to go. be the difference in this football game. I Which think- for those of you listening at home who may not have heard, uh, out of practice on Thursday, Brett Maher made all six field goals when the media was out there in yeah. win. Yeah, and and I was Friday morning. I was at the Star doing my uh, work with DallasCowboys.com uh, with Cowboy Break, and Brett Maher uh, was out there with uh, Overton uh, Holder. Everybody was out there, and they were working on field goals on the grass. And so, you know, uh, the practice squad kicker 
uh, was over on the turf Viscano. field. Viscano was on the turf field working by himself, but everybody was committed to being over. I don't think you're going to see the. I don't see. I don't think you're going to see a an elevation of the kicker. I, I just don't. I, I just don't. I think they're going to ride with Maher here. Everybody you're talking to, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, I think they're going to ride with him here, unless you know something completely different from me. No, same, same thing I've heard. It sounded, it sounded unlikely that this Kano was going to be elevated, and so that would leave you with Maher. But encouraging sign nonetheless at practice this week. Uh, you were listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.